Welcome to Regenerative Medicine Day. This is John Murphy. It's my pleasure to welcome to this podcast Dr. Alexander Spies. Dr. Spies joins us by telephone, and he's the Division Chief of Hand in the Department of Plastic Surgery. He's also the Program Director of the Plastic Surgery Hand and Extremity Fellowship Program. Dr. Spies, welcome to Regenerative Medicine today. Thanks for having me. So, Dr. Spies, you have a multitude of interests and specialties but uh, I'd like to begin our discussion with the work you've done, very pioneering work in the use of extracellular matrix, which is a tissue engineering technique to repair fingertip injuries. Can you tell us a little bit about what can be done and perhaps also what cannot be done? I have an interest in fingertip injuries in particular. As a hand surgeon, I see quite a few fingertip injuries, whether they be uh, fresh injuries, new injuries, patients coming in with loss of tissues from the fingertip or loss of soft tissues as well as bone from their fingertip, as well as some uh, cohort of patients which come in with older injuries that have healed but have healed with scar tissue formation, and those then have become uh, sensitive for those patients. So uh, we see a variety of patients with fingertip injuries. It's a fairly common part of my practice. I became interested in the application of extracellular matrix for these particular injuries, both in the acute setting uh, as well as the chronic setting. With respect to what an extracellular matrix can do, first maybe we should talk about what an extracellular matrix is. An extracellular matrix is basically a, a scaffold by which new cells can repopulate an injured part. These scaffolds can be made of a variety of substances. Most commonly, they're derived from porcine or pig urinary bladders. Some can be designed from small intestine cells. In any case, whatever the cell type is, these scaffolds then serve to allow for new healing cells to come in and regenerate a soft tissue that has been lost in an injury, in other words, a fingertip injury. We've been using these for other types of traumatic injuries, whether they're in the torso or in the lower extremity, and the uh, greatest amount of research with respect to extracellular matrices has occurred in the military population, patients that have developed soft tissue injuries, whether it be to the thighs or the torso from blast injuries, have been treated with these extracellular matrices with the hopes of healing with less scar formation, and that's sort of the byline here is that the extracellular matrix, the indications for use are for instances where we want to regenerate soft tissues without the traditional scar tissue formation that happens when you have a healing soft tissue wound. That's where my interest came in with respect to the fingertip injuries because like these wartime injuries, the fingertip injuries also healed by scar formation. And scar formation at the fingertip, if you can imagine, can be very sensitive to the patients as well as cosmetically displeasing. So we expanded the use of these extracellular matrices to include fingertip injuries, and uh, I've been uh, using this type of therapy for a certain cohort of patients who have predominantly soft tissue injuries to the fingertips. In other words, they may have a small bone injury, but 
mostly have lost the skin and fat from the fingertip and at times have exposure of the uh, bone as a result of these injuries. So I understand that the limitations are that this technology is effective for soft tissue regeneration, but it's not effective, relatively speaking, for bone and also fingernails. Is that correct? Yes, correct. We have not found the extracellular matrix to be effective in restoring compound injuries. In other words, injuries to both the bone and the soft tissues. We've only found it to be effective in restoring soft tissue wounds. In other words, a loss of the skin or fat. So patients that present to us with both a loss of skin and the subcutaneous tissues or fat as well as bone injuries, and have a hope of restoring both bony length as well as the soft tissues, the extracellular matrix is not indicated for those types of injuries. So is there another therapy that can extend bone? Not as of yet with a one-time deal. What we can do at times is bring in new tissues to restore the soft tissue envelope. In other words, bring in new skin and fat. And once that heals, if there is a bony deficit, we can go in as a secondary operation at times and try and restore the bony skeleton. But in order to do that, it, it does require restoration of the soft tissue envelope, which we, in most instances, accomplish with bringing in tissue from another part of the body, i.e. an adjacent finger, in order to restore that soft tissue envelope. Soft tissues restored by extracellular matrix do not provide an adequate soft tissue envelope to give us the ability to restore bone. Really what the extracellular matrix is doing is at most restoring a few millimeters of soft tissue that's soft and supple, more like what the soft tissue was prior to the injury as opposed to the traditional healing by scar formation that occurs if you were not to use the extracellular matrix. So I guess the other thing to be clear to our listeners is, from what you say, is you don't have the ability to regenerate a joint or a knuckle. Absolutely not. At this point, we do not have that ability, certainly with the extracellular matrices. We are able to replace damaged joints with prosthetic joints, but that is a different topic and a different type of therapy other than what we're discussing today, which is the extracellular matrix. So you also mentioned at the outset that uh, you talked about new injuries and old injuries. So in terms of old injuries where you have to reopen the wound, does that present other complications? There is a risk involved with reopening a healed wound. In other words, you do subject a patient to the risk of post-surgical complications, mainly bleeding that can occur after any surgery, as well as the risk of infection, which can occur after you break the skin. So patients do need to be counseled regarding those risks if they are to undergo a procedure where we do open a healed wound to try and restore or recreate more supple soft tissues, more like the pre-injured tissues. So Dr. Spies, are there circumstances where you can treat old injuries 
patients that have had previous surgery in an attempt at closure or reconstruction of a soft tissue wound, I generally don't take those patients and offer them an extracellular matrix after having had that type of procedure done. The uh, extracellular matrix in my practice is reserved for patients that have a fresh injury, less than two weeks old, or patients that have a injury where they've lost the soft tissues. It's been allowed to heal without any previous intervention, and then those patients, if they have a dissatisfaction with how that tissue is healed, then I would consider for a revision type of surgery using the extracellular matrix. In terms of uh, opportunities to treat patients, I think you have a number of uh, ancillary procedures that are potentially applicable for this discussion. Yes, absolutely. Patients that have undergone soft tissue reconstruction as a result of fingertip injuries or are partial or complete amputations of the fingertip, once those soft tissues have been restored, whether it be by extracellular matrix therapy or by flap or skin graft coverage, we do offer these patients secondary procedures such as fat grafting for three reasons, essentially. One, bringing in stem cells from the fat grafting can create an environment in which additional soft tissue reconstruction or restoration can occur on its own. Two, the additional bulk that's created by adding the fat grafted cells can actually work to desensitize sensitive tips. And three, the patients appreciate the cosmetic match that bringing in these additional fat cells can create with comparison to the unaffected digits. So for those three reasons, I offer fat grafting as a secondary procedure for patients that have had some sort of primary reconstruction of their fingertip. So what's the typical source of the fat grafting? In general, we harvest it from the abdominal area of patients. This is generally done as an OR procedure. In other words, the patients have to come in for surgery. It's the same day, in and out surgery. Patients come in for surgery. The area that we are harvesting the fat graft from in the abdomen is numbed with a local anesthetic. The fat is harvested, and then in the same setting, after processing, injected into the fingertip through several puncture wounds in the uh, finger. Prior to application of the fat graft, the finger is anesthetized again with a, a local anesthetic similar to the abdominal area. So is the fat that's placed in the fingertip, does it stay there or does it migrate? The fat does stay there. What does happen over time is that the fat will resorb. So we don't have a large subset of patients who we've followed out for an extended period of time, so I can't speak to how quickly the fat does resorb, but a percentage of the fat does resorb over time. Whether or not that's a significant percentage, we're still trying to study as to whether or not uh, patients would require a secondary fat grafting procedure in the future. So, Dr. Spies, I'm sure that uh, based on your expertise and you've shared with us, there'll be some of our listeners who have an interest in consulting with you. First of all, I understand that in terms of the, the limitations being credentialed in the state of Pennsylvania, you, you're not available to consult with patients who are out of state. Is that correct? Yes, 
patients who send us inquiries from out of state, I'm unable to provide any medical advice on the record as I'm not credentialed in any other state other than uh, the state of Pennsylvania. With that said, we have seen patients from out of state. Those patients have visited us at our Pittsburgh campus and have been able to render advice for those patients with their particular medical needs. But for the out-of-state patients, just to be clear, I would have to see the patient uh, within the state of Pennsylvania in order to render medical advice. So, and if they want to contact your office? So the best way to get a hold of me at the University of Pittsburgh is via my coordinator, Lana. Our number is 412-648-8976. And again, Lana will be able to then offer you an appointment at one of my three offices, Wexford, which is a northern suburb of Pittsburgh, as well as two here in the city, one in Shadyside on the east end, as well as here in Oakland at the University of Pittsburgh campus. So, Dr. Spies, I want to thank you again for sharing with us uh, the strategy and the success that you've had with these therapies. I'd like to thank the McGowan Institute for Regenerative Medicine that sponsors this podcast series. And you remind our listeners you can reach us at mail at regenerativemedicinetoday.com. Thank you for listening.